morning to everyone joining us here in chapel, and good morning to everybody joining us there, wherever you are, whether it be at your houses or on your sofas. Thank you for joining us. We just want to welcome everybody this morning, and um, we're just glad to be able to come together and worship together. And so, today we're going to be looking at prayer. Before we get started, we're going to go ahead into our time of praise and worship. And so, if you're here with us, we'd love for you to stand as we sing. If you're there, stand, stay seated, whatever you want to do, just sing out as we join together in praise and worship this morning. And we'd love to say hi to everybody who comes on, so if you'll say hi, we'll let you know, we'll wave. So, good morning, everybody. Let's do our praise and worship.
with your heart and to help us put our trust upon you daily. Let us go ahead and sing our second song as we continue in this moment.
to be with us now as we go forward. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we're going to have our time of prayer. And we'd like to do it a certain way. If you're joining us for the first time, we invite you to participate as well by commenting on the comments. We have people who are watching us so that we can share. But what we like to do first is start off by sharing some praise reports. And so we like to remind ourselves to almost brag, not on our faithfulness, but on God's faithfulness and how he is good and always good to us. And so is there anybody who has something that they would like to offer up thanks and praise to God for? Well, you know, I've been working through this whole pandemic. Sometimes it's, at the very beginning of it, it's very stressful. Just saying like, people got more ruder. They didn't want to follow guidelines. You ask something nicely and they just want to cuss you out. But I made it. I'm still here. I mean, I worked 12 days straight before Mother's Day weekend. I just did a 10 day straight. And I got this weekend off. So I'm just, praise God, I have a, I have a job. I'm still able to work because there's a lot of people that's struggling out there because of this pandemic. But and I'm just glad I have some days off before I go back tomorrow. Well, we want to thank you and offer praises for you and your family and for everybody out there who were working front lines or retail, whatever job you may have had that was helping the world stay moving. We thank you guys. And we offer praises to you and blessings upon you. Anyone else with a praise report? The Lord is good and blesses us. And we remind ourselves of that as we transition into our time of spoken prayer concerns and unspoken prayer concerns because. We want to remind ourselves that he is faithful, that he is good. Like we say, he is mighty to save. We will put our trust in him and not be shaken. And so, are there any spoken prayer concerns that we would want to live together to the Lord? And if you're watching us as well, if you're joining us, feel free to let us know in the comments so that we may lift it up together as a body of believers. Any spoken prayer concerns at this time? Um, I have a friend on Facebook. She works at Sterilock. Um, she had a niece that went missing in April. I thought she may found her, but she may haven't. She's 17. Her name is Misty McQuinn. She is mentally disabled and she needs medication. She's been missing and they haven't found her yet. She's from Okay, so now Misty missing from the Rice area and her family. Definitely be in prayer for her. Any other spoken concerns?
We want to continue to be in prayer for our nation, for the world. Um, the Dallas Corps and community uh, coming in from Raymond Morris, Captain Morris, is asking for prayer for his community, so we definitely want to pray for him. Um, we want to pray for the churches as a whole. And we're going to talk a little bit later about prayer, how we can be mobilized in prayer. But we definitely want to be praying for each other, we want to be praying for the nation. I know uh, someone, a friend of mine, on shared on Facebook that the headlines for the New York Times this morning was that the death toll is nearing 100,000. And so we definitely want to be praying for that. We also are celebrating Memorial Day. And it's a day, honestly, that we honor those who have served, who have given their lives in service to our country. And so we thank them and pray for them and their families. Uh, coming in from Mr. Gabriel, we pray for all the essential workers, absolutely. We continue to lift them up in prayers, continue to pray for them and their families, and we pray special prayer of protection around them, that they may be able to do what keeps this world running, but be able to stay safe. Any other prayers? Do we have any unspoken concerns? And if you're in the audience by a show of hands, if you'll just let us know if you have an unspoken concern. And if you're watching us and you would like us to pray for the unspoken concern, even though we're not together, the Lord knows. And so you'll just hit the heart comment. We'll be praying for all those needs as well. So any unspoken concerns with a show of hands. Let's pray. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this day. We thank you for everything that you are doing and have done for us. And we just ask that you continue to bless us, to pour out your mercy and your grace upon us. We pray for healing and peace. We pray for provision and protection. We pray for those who lost, Lord, that she may be found and be kept safe. We pray for those who go to work every day.
are like, yes, it's over and things are returning to normal. But we're honestly coming off of something that was the farthest thing from normal that we have ever seen in our life and may ever see again. And we have an opportunity, and as Christians, we may even have a responsibility to not settle for the status quo, to not just let things go back to the same old, same old, or just normal, but use this as an opportunity for change, to get better, to be better, to be more. During this time, there have been so many movements on Facebook, with friends, even while we were separated, we made a point to start being intentionally connected, even when we were separated by distance. And the truth of the matter is, that is something we could have been doing all along. We made a point of seeing everybody as family, as friends. Grudges, prejudices. People were able to lay them down, to be kind to one another. And I'm worried when we say, let's go back to the same old, same old. Let's go back to normal. Because for me, that means we didn't learn anything. They say hindsight's 2020, and I've seen a lot of things talking about the fact that this is the year 2020, right? And so, if there was ever a year, an opportunity to come out of this different, but different for the better, wouldn't it be the perfect time to have hindsight? But how do we develop that? What is it that God would like us to notice? Now, I was reading some interesting statistics the other day, and it was honestly a little confusing some of it made me extremely happy, some of it made me a little sad, but at the same time, I found it encouraging. You see, we've talked about it before. Since we've been live streaming, many of you, before we started meeting again, have joined us that way. We have been able to reach homes and communities as a church, been able to reach people, in an unprecedented number than ever before. And honestly, while they may still watch through our live streams, even once we start meeting together in our house of worship, the question would remain, will they join us? And here's something else that I read. It said, interestingly enough, though, people who regularly attended church 
in the house of worship? While people were tuning in in record amounts, they, the ones who normally went to church on Sunday morning, <coughs> were taking the time off. And I'll admit, in all transparency, there are, of course, some Sunday mornings when I wake up and go, <coughs>
Now the verse that we're going to be, the verses that we're going to be reflecting on today about prayer are found in the first few verses of Luke 10. And it says this, After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, he told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now pay attention to this last sentence, because we've talked about what the word ask means, right? Ask the Lord of the harvest. Now who's the Lord of the harvest? God, right? So ask, in other words, what? Pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. To send out workers into his harvest field. Pray that God sends out workers into the field for harvest. Now, harvesting things can be hard work, right? You ever drive down a road and see those large acres of wheat, of corn? Could you imagine having to do that all by yourself? Looking at it, it would seem like an insurmountable task, wouldn't it? And sometimes in church, as Christians, we kind of take a similar approach. Well, I'm not the farmer. I don't have a responsibility to gather the harvest. But we are all workers in the field of the Lord. And the part we play will be different. We each have our own gifts and talents. Therefore, we all have our own jobs and responsibilities that the Lord calls us for. But we are all called to work in the field, to pray that workers are sent. Look back at Luke. If you're already in Luke chapter 10, it's just a couple of verses above in Luke chapter 9. Verses 62. No one who puts his hands in the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? It means we have been challenged for something better. We have been challenged to place our hand on the plow. And we don't need to be looking back Wondering how things used to be, asking things to be the same, distracted by the past, but instead looking forward to the future and how things can be better, how things can be different, how things can be more like Christ. And so, Where do we go from here? Now, 
In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, we see that Jesus has a plan. People have gathered and he sends them out. In verse 2, he says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Think about that. We talked about the fact that an unprecedented amount of people tune into church services live every Sunday or whatever day they're happening. And they may have never been to a church or it's been years. because we can meet once more in the house of the Lord. And those people who were getting fed, those who were growing to be part of the harvest, then become neglected. What happens to crops if you allow them to get ripe but never pick them up? They rot. They don't grow and they don't come to fruition, right? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And what was Jesus' solution to that? What does he tell them? To ask. To ask the Lord. To pray, right? And he doesn't say, pray that the harvest will be reaped. He doesn't say to pray that the harvest will be plentiful. Because he says those things are already happening. What he does is say, pray for those who can go out. Pray for someone who is willing to reach out. Pray that you would be willing to reach out. Praying that there are those who will use this opportunity to go forth, to reach out to those whose hearts have been stirred, whose lives have been touched. Pray that if you're not motivated to help, that the Lord touch your heart and speak to you and reveal to you how he wants you to work. To pray for others, that those who are harvesting may not grow weary. Pray for strength, protection, provision, encouragement for those who work the field. Would you agree that most of us would care what happens to other people? Empathy and sympathy are considered essential in us being kind human beings. But yet sometimes 
when we think of this verse, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. We may think, well, I'm not called to be a worker. That's for evangelists, that's for preachers, that's for ministers. And I just don't have that kind of calling. Or maybe we just think there's too much on our plate. We live in a very busy world. But when we pray that part, when we ask the Lord for workers, we also need to be willing to listen to the fact that the person who is called to be a worker is us ourselves. Because we can pray for workers all we want, but if we're not willing to accept the answer that the Lord may give that it is us, It's kind of like hoping something would change and doing nothing about it. You don't fix something if you never try. Wishing something would change isn't the same as helping or making something change. So part of asking the Lord of the harvest if they would send out workers is asking that, you know what, that the Lord would touch and minister to our hearts, to our spirits, that we would be convicted to join the harvest. Now the other thing. We think of harvest, and we're like, well, I mean, when you talk about harvesting a field, that is easy to understand, but this imagery of harvesting a field for the Lord is very different. And it can be a little harder to understand what it is that we're harvesting and how we do that. Because when you harvest a field, you have tools, right, that you use for a collection. And the crop is very visible right there in front of you. If you're going to go harvest corn, there's physically corn for you to harvest from, right? So what does it mean to harvest a field for the Lord? Well, it's going to take vision. We say often, Lord, give me your eyes for the brokenhearted. Give me your eyes that I might see people as you see. If you mean it, here's what it means. When you pray that the Lord would give you his eyes, you will see the harvest. You will see those who need to be encouraged to grow in faith. You will see those who may need to be invited to join a Bible study or a Sunday morning service or maybe even just watch it online for a little bit. You will see those who may need to know that they are just not alone. Because 
Because when you look through the eyes of the Lord, when you have his vision, And then you definitely see the harvest field. You see those who need to know the touch of the Lord. We feel their need. And what breaks the heart of the Lord breaks ours. Now, it's going to take courage to do this. It's going to take trust. But like we said earlier, our God is indeed mighty to save. He is more than able, right? you to take some moments. Think about it. One of the questions that people keep posing to everybody is, what is one thing that's happened during this time? What is a change that you think was for the better? What was a change you felt was for the worse? And whenever I find myself thinking about those things, I think about the fact we have used the internet, social media, in ways to connect to one another that honestly wasn't really happening before. But the truth of the matter was, the capability was always there. We just became more intentional about being connected. You see, I kind of feel like we took advantage of the ability we had to physically see one another and connect with one another. And we're so caught up in the busyness of our own lives that even without knowing, we kind of put blinders on and became singularly focused on just our lives. And maybe we would see the lives of those around us. Maybe our friends and our families would make it into our peripheral vision. One thing I think has changed is that our eyes have been opened. And interestingly enough, through the use of the internet, social media, and video communications, we have been able to be the hands and the feet of the Lord in an unprecedented way than ever before. Isn't it interesting to think about that? We have had the opportunity to interact with people 
for generations. To interact face to face. To make changes. To be kind. And even as the church, it took something like this to lock us all in our homes. It made us think outside the box. It made us decide to stay intentional about being connected. That we started reaching out to others more and more. The opportunity was there all along. We just weren't intentional about it. I'll admit, even I myself, with friends I know, I've become more diligent, more faithful in checking in on them. Not just a, hey, how was your day, but I'm praying for you today. Reaching out to even people we may interact with every day and let them know that we care for them. Reaching out to people, and of course there's that joke on Facebook, how many of your Facebook friends have you actually really met? How many of them do you really know? And I'll be one of the first to admit, I probably have so many friends on Facebook that I don't know. And sometimes I'm like, okay, but, This has taught us that even the internet gives us a chance to be these virtual hands and feet. Let us not go back to normal. But instead, through prayer, let us move forward using all of the tools the Lord has given us to help harvest the field. Even we may be friends with people online, we share things, we like things, but let us keep that intentionality of being concerned about others. Let that not be something that changes in our strive to go back to but instead, let it be something that grows. Let it be something that we use and capitalize on so that God grows. And when we allow him to let it grow and we are willing to harvest it, then indeed, the Lord will bless us. And he will bless the world. So, are you willing to be a laborer in the harvest field for the Lord? To allow him to use you, to be his hands and feet in ways that make 
courage and strength in him, willing to go for it. We have a song, and as it plays, we invite you to take this time. Praying that the Lord would send workers for the harvest with your heart surrendered and knowing that that may even be you. That you would be willing to go and do what he would have you to do.
our living hope. We thank you for watching over us. And we just ask now, Lord, we pray.